I put together a couple Shilas because uh, someone had WhatsApp me like a list of the Shilas uh, that he had asked over the last little bit. And you have the top right. We'll run through them. Um, the first Shila was, this I got asked a lot. Um, again, we'll go through the Shila and if there are questions that come up, you know, feel free. So the first Shila is uh, you have a job interview or stomp and there's a woman who sticks her hand out. Can you shake her hand? It's obviously one of the more complicated halachic shailas. And I'll tell you, I'll run through the sugya with you guys over the next few minutes. I believe that there is a feeling amongst the paiskim that nobody wants to say it's motor. But I'll lay the information out in front of you, and you guys will figure it out. I know Chabad famously are very machmer about this. Uh, the reason why is because they get written up about it a lot, because they're public in many areas. Um, that's not why they're no, 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 no. That, that in Makbid, I'd say that's how I know they're Makbid. That's how I know they're Makbid. So here's the, here's the halachic sugya. I, I couldn't bring down the entire sugya, but I brought down just one maramakim, and then I'll just talk the rest. L- let's talk about physical contact. Right? Physical contact between men and women. Anytime you have a shayla, and especially a shayla when you're dealing with this, I'll explain why it's so significant. You have to know whether it's Asadirais or Asadirabon. It's the first. Ravadia in general always does that whenever there's a shayla, just because you got to know the severity of it. But in this specific case, I'll explain to you why it's incredibly important. So the Rambam says, so the Rambam discusses the Isser of physical contact, because the Torah never says that. The Torah is obviously talking about relations. Bia. So the Rambam says in Sefer HaMitzvah, in Leisa Seishin and Gimel, Hazohir, Mehikariv, El Achas, Meharoyes, Elu. You should be careful with uh, having physical contact with any of the Arayas. And obviously by every woman that you're interacting with is an Arayas. Whether they're Jewish, if they're, Jew, if they're Goyim, then it's an Isser. There's an Isser of Kanoi and Pagan boy. There's an Isser of, of being with a guy. And even a Jew, they're, if they're over 12, they haven't gone to the mikveh. So they're a neither. So all women that you're interacting with is an Isser Arayas for a practical basis. So the Rambam says you have to be careful with any interaction with an erva, hugging, kissing, any physical contact, I mean, the Rambam feels it's Asa Deraisa, when the Pasuk describes relations, it says, don't come close, which means any contact that can lead to Arayas is also Asa Deraisa. That's what the Rambam says. The Ramban, in his commentary on the Sefer Mitzvah, disagrees. He feels it's only it's not Asadiraisa. We pass him like the Rambam that it's Asadiraisa. Now, it's very clear from in the Shulchan Aruch. It's brought down in Ebenezer, Simon Chof, Sif Aleph. He says, "Habal Achas Marais Derech Evarim." If you have physical contact with any of the Evarim, with any of the limbs of an erva, or Shechibik Venishik, or you hug and kiss Venana Bekir Baser, and you have close contact with them, Hareza Loike. It's lashes, also deraisa. Now it's clear from the Achroinim and even the Rishonim, the Beis Yosef even talks about this, that there's two different types of contact, and this is the major crux of the Shaila. There's what's called derechiba, and there's what's called shaloi derechiba. Okay, derechiba. Derechiba means contact that uh, is close that can lead to relations. Chiba means relationship-type contact. Derechiba is asa Any physical contact with an erva, that's derechiba is asa deraisa. Shaloi derechiba, which means not to show affection. 
And I'll explain the examples from the Poiskim. Shalai Derechib is not Asa it's for sure not Asa Now, examples from the Paiskim of Loi Derechiba, Derechiba is hugging and kissing. We understand that. That's, that's physical contact that could lead to relations. That's for sure Asa Deraisa. Shalai Derechiba, the examples are, Rav Moshe describes Shalai Derechiba is the in, inadvertent contact that you have when you're on the subway. Someone sits next to you, someone bangs into you. That's Shalai Derechiba. Like a woman can slap a man who's being rude to her. No. So that's one example. Another example, Shalai Derechiba, is the, uh, the Shach describes a, a doctor taking a pulse. Shalai Derechiba. Now, look, before we get to, okay, Shalai Derechiba is not Asa Deraisa. What is it? So the Gra holds that it's Asa Derabonon. According to many Paiskim, it's not even Asa Derabonon at all. Now, why is this so significant to know whether it's Asa Derabonon or Asa Deraisa? Because there's a Gemara in Brachus. Beis, the whole sugi, there's a very lengthy sugi in Dafyutesamid Beis, and it's a very fundamental shail. I mentioned it in today's daf, it kind of came up agavdik, and it's a very, very interesting sugi, and that is, what, what do we do when the Torah and, and um, human feelings sort of are, are going against each other? Meaning, what happens if keeping the Torah is going to cause someone to be embarrassed? Does that matter? And it's a sugi in the Gemara. The Gemara describes the case where someone is wearing climb, he's wearing shotness, he's wearing wool and linen, so the Torah requires him to take off his clothes, but he's in the street. And it's embarrassing. So the Gemara has a rule. The Gemara says, If you find out that, that you have klayim, you have to take them off even if you're in the street. Ay, it's embarrassing. Your embarrassment you got to worry about the embarrassment of Hashem. Your embarrassment doesn't matter. That's what the Gemara says. The Gemara has lengthy kashas back and forth where the sugyas imply that we do care about human emotions. And the basic answer of every single answer, kimat, until you get to the next Ahmed, is that there's a distinction between an Issa der and an Issa der Meaning, in Issa der we do not care. You are not allowed to do an Issa der even if it means someone getting embarrassed. There's no such thing. It's irrelevant. You being embarrassed. Any embar- embarrassment is not does not matter. Even if it's somebody else being Correct. Embarrassed? Embarrassment does not matter when it comes to Isidaraisa. When it comes to Isidarabonon, we do take it into account. Now, obviously, by the way, this doesn't mean you have to obviously only apply it where the cases Chazal do and the Paiskun do. You can't just, you know, obviously you can't, uh, you know, you can't just say, well, I, I have to eat the, the, the chicken parmesan because my friends are eating, I'll be embarrassed. Uh, obviously not. But I'll give an example of how it came up in today's daf. The Gemara in today's daf talks about how it's also deraisa to say Hashem's name in vain. Now, it's clear by just saying Yudke Vavke, just saying God's name straight up is also deraisa. There's a Shaila in the Rishonim, it's a Machlekes, Toysis in the Rambam. What if I say a bracha levatala? So I say a bracha, I don't drink. Is that also deraisa? Is that saying God's name in vain? Or is that only also rabbinically? According to the Rambam and according to many Rishonim, that's Asa You said God's name in vain because you said God's name when it wasn't allowed to be said. Many Rishonim, and I think the majority of Rishonim disagree. And they say, no, that's not God's name in vain. You said a praise of God. That's true. Shakol Niebedvari. You happen to say it when you shouldn't have. But that's not, a, that's not God's name in vain. So a bracha levatola or a bracha shenitzrichas machlekes, whether it's Asa or Asa Why is it Negea? It's negative because of these type of sukkahs. Meaning, let's say saying a bracha in vain would avoid embarrassing someone. I'll give you two cases of actual cases the place can give 
So if it's Asa der Aisa, can't do it. We don't care about embarrassing someone. If it's Asa der Abonon, then there's more room to be Mekel. And we'll come back to the handshaking in a moment. No, so that's uh, no. And it's, uh, even though yes, every isadarabon comes from leisosor, no, but, but that's that. that you're going to go down that wormhole of every darabon is really deraisa, then every darabon is really deraisa. So how can you be over by saying a, a bracha that's only deraisa? No, because you're saying God's name when it's not necessary. So the question is: Is that a rabbinic prohibition or a biblical prohibition? Assuming every rabbinic prohibition is a rabbinic prohibition and not a biblical prohibition. But yeah, there's a Rambam about it, but but, but we pass him that Darabona is Darabona, Daraisa is Daraisa. So, so I'll give you two cases that the Paisen gave, where after they concluded that saying a bracha levatala is rabbinic, they would actually allow you to do it in a case of embarrassment. I'll tell you two cases again. Each of these cases, you should ask a Shiloh when it comes up. One case seems out there, but I saw it in three different svarim that it actually happened, and that was that a woman, um, before she was from, she was a Shuva, and she had an abortion before she was from, Husband didn't know about this. She became from, gets married, has a baby. So it's a pidyon aben, right? Because the two Yisraelim, they have the firstborn, but it's not a pidyon aben because she had already had a baby that she didn't want to tell anyone about because it was an abortion late enough that it was considered a firstborn. So everyone wants to make a party. So the question is like this: If they tell people, if they tell people, it will be very embarrassing for her, but they'll avoid the unnecessary brachas that the Rabbanim will make at the Pinyin Aben. On the other hand, if you let them just make the bracha, it'll be a bracha levatala, a bracha shenitzricha, but it'll avoid embarrassment. So Ravad Yosef and the Debit Rav, both mamish were asked this shayla, and they said, let it be. Don't say anything, let it be. Because, because it's a fake Pinyin Aben. I mean, the only one who knows that it's not real is the mom. The, the mother, no one else knows. They think it's a pidyon aben. It's the firstborn, and from their perspective, it's just, it's so it's a bracha, yeah, exactly, exactly. It's a it's a bracha. That's the only thing. Anyway, hopefully, yeah. But for pidyon aben purposes, it's a bracha shenisricha. A, a second case. This could be much more again. Now this, yeah, you have to ask a shayla like this. The halacha is that sheva brachas. If it's the second marriage for both of them. There's only Sheva Brachas the night of the wedding. That's it. At the, at the Chasana. There's no seven days of Sheva Brachas. So that's not when it's a second marriage for both couples. There's no seven days of Sheva Brachas. Now, if it's a first marriage for one of them, there is Sheva Brachas for seven days. According to the Naid Yehuda and according to many Paiskim, I think everybody, actually, I don't think it's a Machlegas, um, if it's the second marriage for the man and she's not a Basula, so while it's her first marriage technically, but she's not a basula, there's only Sheva Brachas the night of the wedding. Now again, practical Shilas, you ask a Rav, but, but let's assume that that fact is correct. So you could have the case by a, by a, a Balas Tshuva, it's his second marriage, but it's her first marriage, but she had a past. Her friends are trying to make Sheva Brachas meals. They're trying to arrange Sheva Brachas. Every single Bracha is a Bracha Shein because they're not supposed to be making Brachas throughout the week. So do you stop them? It's Mamish the Shaila. And again, according to that, those Paiskim, you would be permitted. I tell you, practically, I've had cases where I knew about certain things and they asked me about Shavrachas and I told them, just don't plan a Shavrachas. Like, you don't have to plan it. I Meaning, once the Shavrachas is already planned, let it be. But if the friends are like, should we ask? Just let, let them. I said, let them. If they're interested, they'll let you know. You know what I mean? So, going back to this Shaila, when it's an Isidar Abanan, we, we take into human emotions much more than when it's an Isidar Isa. Go back over here. A woman sticks her hand out, right, to shake your hand. 
assuming you don't shake your hand, it'll probably be embarrassing. Or maybe it will, maybe it won't. But let's assume, worst case scenario, it'll embarrass the woman. It may not be good for you because of your job, whatever, but worst case scenario, it's going to be embarrassing for her. If it's an Issa Deraisa, right, so we said, physical contact between man and woman, if it's Derechiba, it's Asa Deraisa. If you define a handshake as Derechiba, it's Asa Deraisa, we don't care, I don't care about money, I don't care about embarrassing, you're not allowed to do it. If you define it as Shaloi Derechiba, it's most likely mutter. Worst case scenario, it's Asa Derabanan, according to the girl. The majority sheet is all that it's not, it's not Asa at all. Then definitely to avoid embarrassment, there would be Makam to be Mekel. So you sort of have to ask yourself, you have to like put the Paisik hat on, is a handshake derechiba? So I'll tell you like this, I definitely would assume not. <laughs> I think that most people would assume if you define derechiba as the contact between a husband and wife or a boyfriend and girlfriend that shows closeness, like holding hands, probably not. That's probably, an, almost ever. That's considered, exactly. I would assume that it's not derechiba. And you strangers' hands. Correct. On the other hand, you could argue, and there was the Oznidbru, Oznidabru, that uh, Rabbi Yom Zilber, he was a big poison in Israel, he said that it's Aser, and he said, ah, if people say it's not the Archiva, so he says, first of all, in France, they kiss on either cheek, so that's Avada Aser, that's Avada Aser, there's no question. But he said, it is the Archiva because it's meant, when you shake someone's hand, it's meant to form a, forge a relationship different types of relationship, but he feels that it's, it's more than, you know, the contact that you get when you're on a subway that the Ramosha described. So I'll tell you like this. I, I, okay, and then within that, so then if you're going to shake the hand, then you always have, I think Rabbi Willig advises, you do the dead fish. Because the dead fish, it's like that, you do the, the Rebbe, the Rebbe, it's, it's not, that's not Derechiva. But the problem is, I've, I've been told from a lot of people that have jobs that like that type of handshake is probably like not going to help you anyway. But I, so I'll, I'll tell you like this. So you have to sort of ask yourself, is a handshake Derechiva or not? Again, I personally would assume not. I just personally would assume not. I spoke to Marash Shiva about this. It was one of the few times I asked him, because I was writing the Sefer. I mentioned this once. I didn't want to tell him I was writing the Sefer, because, you know, in my yeshiva, you don't write it, like, who you to write a Sefer at the time. It's true. But I didn't want to tell him I was writing the Sefer, but I needed to sort of know what he said. So I, I asked him. I, I asked him. Sefer, yeah, if someone were to. Just wondering. So, for a friend. So I asked him. I, I think what he told me was, I should never advise, I should always, I shouldn't write Osir. Kimat everyone is going to say Aser because you're not going to write in a Sefer that it's Mutter. You understand? You're not going to write in a Sefer you can just shake a woman's hands because it's not something, you know, it's definitely something that you should try to avoid if you can. Um, Ramosha says that there were some Kehillas that were Mekel and those, you know, didn't, didn't work out for often. So I'll, t- I'll tell you, I'll tell you, practically, he told me, don't say that it's Aser. Don't say that it's Mutter. He says they should ask a Shaila. As he said, you should always tell them to ask a Shaila. But he told me privately, he said, <laughs> don't, don't tell us, well, right? I'm not going to tell you, I'm not going to tell you, yeah, yeah, but okay, yeah, maybe, you know what I mean. Yeah. No, he just told me, he told me, he told me, he told me that, um, he told me that greater Jews than you and I have shaken women's hands if they, if they stick their hand up. That's what he told me, like, you know. So, I'll, I'll tell you, though, it, it's funny, in, in, in all of my years of doing Kirov, I, I, I never, it never really came up. The first time it came up, it wasn't a Shaila, because I'll tell you what happened. She came, there was a lady who came to my house, she wasn't from, and she was shaking, literally, like, you know, she was formal, and she was shaking everybody's hand. She had already shaken four men's hands when she got to me. So now I'm thinking to myself, I'm going to start, not only am I going to tell her that it's Osir, I'm going to start telling her it's a machloikas. They're mekel. I, I, I couldn't. I, it, was a, it was one of those, like, I had, but I'll tell you the truth. If you have enough 
This is the thing COVID helped out. You could just say, you know, I, I'm not feeling well, whatever it is. Better not shake anybody else's exactly. hand. Exactly. Yeah, that's oh, you that's the careful. thing. You got to be careful not to shake anybody's hand. Okay, but that's that's the background of the Shaila. But now you know about it. The, the background of the Shaila is if you define it as Chiba, it's going to be Yasser. If you define it not as Chiba, it's going to be Mutter. There is a sheet of the Chazanish. The Chazanish held that not only is a Chiba, he held that it's Abizrayu da Arayas. Meaning, although it's it's Asr de Raisa, it's under the canopy of, of, of Gila Arayas, he felt that it's Yaharik Valyavar. So the Chazanish felt that it's, it's, you have to give up your life before shaking a woman's hand. That was the Chazanish Shishita. It's brought down Rosh Hashanah said that he heard this Bashem Chazanish. So that, that adds a little bit of a wrinkle to it. But that, that's the background of the Shaila. And again, you ask a, you ask a, you know, uh, you ask a Shaila when it comes up. So, so it's not Derech Chiva. So then uh, a husband and a wife can shake hands when, when she's in Nida? Because it's not Derech Chiva? No, so the truth is. Not, not, not non-derechiba, no, so, no, that's the point. Harchakis and non-derechiba are not the same. No, no, I'm so, saying, not a harchaka, right? You can't shake her hand, that's not a harchaka, that's, you're not allowed to, right? Harchaka, but you can't pass her. Correct. Right? So, but shaking her hand, if it's not derechiba... But my point is, even if it's not derechiba, it could still be also when she's a nida. The, the laws are not the but same. But all the women not. are nidas. True, but we're more, there's more of a likelihood that you'll, that it'll lead to... Avera with right. your wife than with right. a random woman. So we're actually more strict with your wife than we are with a random woman. So even if it's mutter for another woman, that will not be mutter when she's Anida because our chakas are more severe by your wife than it is for other people, as you could imagine. No, yeah, it's it's not it, it, the laws of Nida are not. It's not a matter of embarrassing anymore once it's not chiba. Yeah, that's. But the point is, non chiba doesn't mean it's mutter when it's a time of our Okay, that's the, that's Shaila number one. Um, Let's go through a couple more. I'll run through this second one, the bottom one. It's a couple paragraphs, but I'm not going to read the whole thing. And that is, I had asked, um, especially our shul, we have a lot of dogs. We have a lot of dog owners in the shul. Dogs uh, that belong to the owners. And the shaila is, are they muksa? I got asked this a lot. Are dogs muksa? So the, the truth is like this. The Shulchan Aruch, it's brought down uh, in the second Maramakim. I, I have it. It's a whole sugya, but I'll just... The kids are read you the Shulchan Aruch. The Shulchan Aruch writes in Simon Shin Ches Sif Lamites, The Shulchan Aruch quotes from the Gemara: All animals are muksa. Um, now it makes a lot of sense. Animals had the purpose of animals were usually food related, and none of them could be used on Shabbos. So they're all muksa. And the Mishabura says, The, the, the Mishabura says they're like like pieces of wood, it, it rocks and twigs, they have no usage on Shabbos. If they have no uses on Shabbos, they should be moksa. Now the question is, what happens where they, they didn't have pets? That was not a real, that was not part of the colloquial thing. It was rare. They had songbirds in the times of Rishonim. But, exactly. There, there was no, there was no musig of, there is a purpose to the dog, I play with him. Is, is, that, is that a thing when it comes to laws of moksa? So the truth is, in the Rishonim already, they have such a concept. If you look in the next paragraph, the Das of Yosef, uh, one of the Bali Taisis, uh, his name was Rav Yosef, he's quoted in Taisis and Shabbos. He says, he says like, Loi chai, the, the Rav Yosef shita is that baby chicks are not muks on Shabbos because if a, baby's, if a kid's crying, you let him play with the chick. That was one of the first examples of, of a pet. So Rav Yosef said it's not muksa. There are Rishonim that disagree. 
Bali Taisis disagrees. So it's a machlekes harishayim whether a pet is considered muksa on Shabbos. So if Ramosha's shita is Ramosha was machmer, Ramosha held that all animals are muksa. That's brought down by the Shulchan Aruch, and it includes pets. There's no distinction. That's a Ramosha's shita. Rishlei Mezalman seems to be more makel when it comes to pets because he says pets. Maybe he says maybe in the times of the Shulchan Aruch they were muksa and even pets because they weren't so common. But he says now you have animals. They're literally for that purpose. It's not like a chicken, that the purpose of the chicken is to lay eggs. But you might play with it also. Rosh Hashanah says, animals now, their tachlis is to play with. So Rosh Hashanah held that it's not muksa. So practical halacha, what I I tell people is for someone like myself, who I'm not a a pet person, I'm not a dog person, the only dog I'd I'd go near is Theo. I I don't need to pet Theo. If I'm around... The Theo, which is the Martin dog, I, I don't need to pet him. It's not so. It's not for me. It's not worth the Shaila to put myself into a Shaila. Like, why? So I'll, I'll, I, I cannot never will will touch an animal on Shabbos because why should I put myself in a Shaila when I, I don't really enjoy it? For someone that has a dog. It's like we talked about last week with Hawaii. If you have the dog, then you're of course going to be makel because you can't have. You have to feed it. You have to walk it. You have to. You have to supply it. That's part of the the part of the being a dog owner is you have to take care of them, make sure they don't die and they're not depressed and happy. So you have to be able to be makel. So you're going to be saimich on those shitas. You're going to pass in that way for a kid. Again, I wouldn't be super machmer if it's one of those things where it's 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 a machleka. So. It's muksa, so it's rabbinic, but you have to know, like, is it, is it worth it to be makel? You have to look at the situation. If there's a reason to be makel, you could be makel. If there's no reason to be makel, why not be machmer? It's not, it's not something that happens enough for a lot of people that they have to put themselves in a shiloh. But if there's someone, let's say, uh, there was, a, I think, Elias Brandauer, he was telling me that they were like dog sitting for, for a Shabbos. So he said, what's the deal with muksa? So I said, okay, if, if the kids want to play for Shabbos, you have what to rely on. But if it's one of those things where it's just like the dog is walking across the street and you're an adult, you want to go over and pet the dog, I, 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 to me, it's, it's a machlega, so why would I put myself in the shayla? But if you want to be mekel, it's not the end of the world. Wouldn't remote, even Ramosha agree, though, that just like uh, a rock or no. a stick, you oh. can set it aside? So I didn't want to go into this, but if you look in these paragraphs, not everything can be set aside. Um, it, it's a good question, and this is, uh, this is from Simchabun and Kohn's, The Laws of Muksa. This is basically what he's trying to deal with in the entire two paragraphs. Is that why is a pet worse than uh, a paperweight, which, has, which is Muksa because it has no usage, but if you dedicate it before Shabbos, then it is. Why is this potentially worse? And that's his discussion. It's really hard to know. He compares it to like um, date pits. Date pits uh, cannot be set aside because they're so not meant to be used, even if you choose. But it's a bad example. It's a good child. Honestly, it's a good child. This is what he's dealing with. I, I don't really have an answer, but you're right. It's a good child. Uh, he says he says Sarachin. He's not sure. If, uh, that, but it's a good child. Surprising that Ramosha didn't suggest that. No, because Ramosha is obviously, it's not just Ramosha. He's asking more on the Rishonim. Why are those Rishonim strict and they feel that it's it's worse? And it's a good child. Um, yeah? That would only help for your pet, though. It wouldn't help for the neighbor's dog, because you can't True. set aside the neighbor's dog. Correct. Now, the third Shaila, if I have more time, I got time, yeah. Third Shaila is on the top left. This is just someone asked me today. Uh, just run through some of the halachas, and that is, what is the uh, what is the iser of walking past someone who's davening Shemana Esri? So, it's brought down to Shulchan Aruch, in Simon Kofei, you're not allowed to walk in front of someone who's davening Shemana Esri. Now, there's two reasons, the Bir Alocha, this is the Bir Alocha, the Bir Alocha brings down two reasons of why it's Aser. The first reason is from the Maimur Mordechai. The Maimur Mordechai says, the reason why you're not allowed to walk in front of someone who's Davin Shemana Aser is very simple. You, you ruin his Kavana. 
And because you're walking through it, 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 it distracts someone who walks, someone walks past. The Chaya Adam has a different opinion. The Chaya Adam says the reason is, it's not because it distracts the person, it's because it's disrespectful to walk between two people that are conversing. This person is conversing with Hashem, so it's disrespectful to walk past while he's having a conversation. Now what's the difference between these two views of whether it's a problem because you're mevatel his kavana or a problem because it's disrespectful? So he says, the Bi'alacha says, the major distinction between these two cases is what if someone's eyes are closed, or what if someone's using a sitter, or his talus is covered, or the guy says you can walk past. So if, or let's say you're davening, and the guy's constantly turning around and like looking at you, constantly turning around looking at you. So if the problem is kavana, so then it's not a problem, because my eyes are closed, I'm using a sitter, there's a talus over my head, or this is worse for my kavana. But if the problem, says the Mishaburah, is because it's considered disrespectful to you for you to to walk between someone who's talking to Agadish Baruch Hu, right? When you, when you finish Manasseh, you say, Oh, Shalom, you're supposed to turn to your left. Why? Because Hashem's facing you, and that's Hashem's right, which means when you daven Shemaser, Hashem is sort of looking at you and he's facing you. So for you to walk past is disrespectful. So it says in the Mishabura, even if the guy's eyes are closed, so you're not worried, you're not baking his kavana, but it's still considered an act that's disrespectful. So that the, the Mishabura felt there would be contingent on these two opinions. So just practical, some halachas about it. I jotted them down before. Um, no, so the table doesn't help. The table doesn't really help. If, if you look in the, it has to be a, 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 its own rishus. This is not dalit by four. I don't think the table really helps. Also, the examples. We're in there, we're in there when we're standing in front of them davening also. Correct. The the Ruchayim No, so so the Kanevsky says that you only have to worry about the first person behind you. Meaning, let's say the person behind you finished monasteri, but the person. Two people behind you didn't. And when you take three steps back, you'll be walking in front of the person two behind you. So Rechaim Kanievsky says that you just have to worry about the person behind you. You don't have to worry about the person two. The, you know, the, you, you have to worry about just the person behind you. But I'm saying you're, you're, the person behind you, you're in between. No, still, but no, I understand that. But still, it's still considered an act of disrespect to walk in front of that person. You know, you, you still, it's still, it's, it would still be Yasser. So just some halachas. Rushlein Zalman Shita was that, Rushlein Zalman Shita is that if someone davens, in the entrance way. So, so says Rosh Hashanah, you can walk in front of him. Because he says, it, he, first of all, because I think he mainly focuses on the kavana, that it's ruining his kavana. And he says, he parked himself in a place where he knew he wouldn't have kavana. He doesn't have the right. But more than that, the halacha is that if someone buries a dead body, Rav Nevinsel brings this example in his Pirish HaMeshavruah, that if someone buries a dead body in middle of Main Street... The halacha is, although we don't normally exhume bodies because it's considered nivel ames, we don't normally take a body that's buried, we don't normally move it, unless it's a real, real necessity, you're allowed to move the dead body if it's in a public area because they don't have the right, because Kehanim now no longer can walk on Main Street, they don't have the right to affect the rabbim like that. So Nevinsel used to say, for someone to park themselves in front of the, in the entranceway of the shul, where now no one can walk, it, it's, it, you don't have the right to take away the, the aisle of the shul. Another example would be, um, uh, th- this is the major heter. The major heter is, if you look in the, uh, in the, in the back of the Shulchan Aruch, the Eishel Avram of Bechech, it's a pirish on the back of the Shulchan Aruch. He has a whole list of different heterim. The major heter is, you're allowed to go for the sake of a mitzvah. You're allowed to go for the sake of a mitzvah. You're allowed to walk in front of someone davening for the sake of a mitzvah. So let's say in Eretz Yisrael where they duchen every day, a kayan who needs to go wash his hands or to go up to duchen, he's allowed to walk in front of someone who's davening because it's l'tzarech mitzvah. Because he says like this, if it's, he, he says, if it's for kavana, then, uh, you know, for the sake of a mitzvah, we're not that makbid. And also, if you're worried about disrespecting Hashem, it's for the sake of a mitzvah, it's not disrespectful. But the, this is the, the chiddush. The chiddush is, going to the bathroom, he says, is a tzarech mitzvah. 
because holding it in is Balta Shaksu's Nafshasechim. It's a rabbinic prohibition to hold it in when you need the bathroom. So says the Eshalav Ram Vachach, if you need the bathroom, you're allowed to walk in front of someone because that's a Tzarech Mitzvah. So that, that, that's, a, that's a big hetter. Um, also, one thing to know is the Kafachayim, the Kafachayim uh, uh, brings down many Paiskim that not only, I think from the Chidah, he says this, that not only are you not allowed to walk in front of someone who's davening Shmaneser, you're not allowed to walk in front of someone who's saying Kaddish. Because he says saying Kaddish has the same status as Shmaneser in these halachas, so he brings that down from the Chidah. So if someone's saying Kaddish, you shouldn't walk in front of them either uh, as well. Also, I want to mention one more halacha, just because I, I, I've noticed this. Maybe I'll mention one more thing after this. I jotted down some things. Um, I noticed this. There's a halacha that you're supposed to, when you take three sets back, you're supposed to wait for the chazin. You're supposed to stay there until the chazin is up to Kedusha, and then you, you walk up, or at least until the chazin starts Chazar Tashatz. In addition, it's brought down in Shulchan Aruch, and the Mishabur also codifies this as well. You're not supposed to turn around and face people. Meaning, the way I'm sitting right now, which is I'm facing you, you're not supposed to do that. So if you take three steps back, you're supposed to face front. To turn around and to look at people, although you're still three steps back, so you technically it's fine, it's not allowed either because it's, it breaks people's kavanas when they could sense people staring at them. So there's just something to, 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 to be more that when you take three steps back, you're supposed to stay looking front. A lot of times people will start looking around, it's not allowed. Until the chazan begins his chazan shashats, you're not supposed to be facing back because it, it, it bothers people when they could sense people staring at them and people looking at them, it breaks their kavana. So it's under this canopy of this halacha as well. One last shayla um, I'll mention, just because it, it came up this morning, someone asked me, and that is, is, is there a reason why people don't wash their hands you know, like when I was in yeshiva, the dafka had all the washing, the chassidma, very makhriva, this. they do not wash their hands in the bathroom. They wash their hands outside of the bathroom. Now, the reason why, sometimes it, it bothers, not chassidim, but it bothers people because then they're leaving the bathroom with their hands not washed. But is there an issue with washing your hands in the bathroom as opposed to washing it outside of the bathroom? So the major, the major... Soap in a cup? Are we talking about... No, 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 just where is the sink? Is the sink inside the bathroom or outside the bathroom? There are many people that will be makbid. They will not wash their hands in the bathroom. But for whatever, meaning they won't wash they won't it for... Wash soap in the bathroom? No, maybe that. But I'm saying for the halachic washings, they won't do in the bathroom. So they won't wash for bread in the bathroom. They won't wash for chakras in the bathroom. They won't wash negavasa in the morning in the bathroom. So what's the deal with that? So it, it, it's fundamentally this this uh, this shayla. It's also a gift from today's daf. Um, today's daf, it talked about hazmana milsahi, which means... If you dedicate a room as a bathroom, does it have the laws of the bathroom even if it wasn't used yet? I mean, once you use a bathroom as a bathroom, it's a bathroom in halacha, and that means you're not allowed to in there, you can't wear tefillin in that room. The, the Gemara in today's daf, in Nidarim, had a shayla. If you dedicate the room as a bathroom, so you just designate when you're doing construction, you say, this is the bathroom, does, is hazmana, is dedicating it enough it's significant that it now has the laws of a bathroom. The major laws of the bathroom is, is you're not allowed to wear tefillin, you're not allowed to davi, you're not allowed to say Torah, you're not allowed to say Hashem's name. Fine. So here's the shaila. The shaila is, are our, our bathrooms bathrooms in halacha? Now, I'll explain why. One element of a bathroom in the times of the Gemara, or even nowadays, a porter potty, like a full bathroom, mamash, a full bathroom, like a porter potty in halacha, is that it has tumah. There's a ruach ra. The Gemara tells us there's an evil spirit that rests in the bathroom. So the objection of washing in the bathroom is very simple. If you believe that a bathroom has ruach ra, 
the second you're done washing in the bathroom, your hands are now dirty again. You're, it's tummy again, and you wash it again, and it's tummy again, and and, and it's it's a circular, it's it's a never ending, a never ending. Correct. Correct. The Shulchan Aruch writes that if you enter the bathroom, even if you don't use it, you have to wash your hands. So th- that's brought down in Shulchan Aruch and Simon Gimel, I believe. So you're right. According to this, there is a tumma that rests in the bathroom and rests in the in in Beis Hamerchatz. So that would prevent you from washing your hands in the bathroom, and it also make you have to wash your hands if you enter the bathroom. So why why would I I say our bathrooms are different. Our bathrooms are bathrooms. The reason is because there's a Gemara in Brachas. The Gemara in Brachas of Chavav and Aleph says, it's the last line before the Mishnah, Hanibate Kisoi de Parsoi, these Persian bathrooms, even though they're used, they're not really bathrooms in Halacha. The Persian bathrooms are not really bathrooms, says the Mishaburah. The Mishaburah says that the Persian bathrooms, instead of having a hole under the toilet where the excrement would sit like a porta potty, they would actually make it at an angle, so that the, 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 the refuse would just roll, it never stayed in the room. It just immediately rolled out. So says the, the Gemara, those are not bathrooms in Allah. The Shaila is, our bathrooms, are they bathrooms? It's a machlaikas between the Chazanish. The Chazanish talks about it. Rav Hankin felt that our bathrooms are not bathrooms. Why? Because you flush it, it goes out. On the other hand, until you flush, it sits there. So it's not like the Persian bathrooms where it never sits there even for a minute because the Persian bathrooms, it was made in such a way where it automatically goes out. This, it'll stay until it's flushed, but once it's flushed, it's gone. So the Shaila in the Paiskim, do you consider our bathrooms bathrooms? Rishleim Zalman and Rav Hankin felt that our bathrooms are not bathrooms. Now, does that mean you could learn? and Davin and where it's filling, okay, perhaps, but we don't pass in that way, but regarding Ruach Ra, regarding evil spirits, where the Ravadia says, nowadays we don't have them anymore really to the same extent anyway, so potentially, we are potentially lenient. So, I would say this, it's better not to wash your hands in the bathroom, for sure, because you're putting yourself in a Shiloh. However, if you do, you definitely have what to rely on, and that's Rishleim Zalman and Rav Hankin, who feels that our bathrooms are not really considered bathrooms, therefore, there is no evil spirit in that room, so you could potentially wash there. Now, you would still make the bra- you would dry your hands outside because you're supposed to make the bracha for bread when you wash for bread, because you're supposed to make the bracha when your hands are wet. You can't make the bracha in the bathroom, even according to everybody, but you'd, you'd potentially step out. But that, that's the crux of the shaila of whether you can wash your hands in the bathroom or whether if you enter the bathroom, is there an evil spirit? It just has to do with whether our bathrooms are considered halachic bathrooms or not. All right, we'll stop here. All right. One minute. Postscript. Postscript, and that is uh, just, this is an interesting thing. Um, when it comes to the Ruach Ra of the morning, Okay, so the Gemara tells us that there's a Ruach Ra that rests on your fingers in the morning. And that's why you're not supposed to touch your mouth, your eyes, your ears, uh, or food until you wash your hands. The Zoyar added that in addition, you shouldn't walk Daladamis without washing your hands. Says the Mishaburah, in the first page of Mishaburah, you should have Negel Vasar by your bed, which I think a lot of Bachram at some point, they have that stage of their life. I was also Machbid. So I'll tell you like this. There's a shita. Why are people not machbid about it anymore? So there's a shita in the Mishkanis Yaakov. The Mishkanis Yaakov says the entire room is considered Dalit Amis. The whole house is Dalit Amis. But I'll tell you, there's another shita. There's a very fascinating um, tradition. Rav Itchemeyer does not believe that this tradition is true. But Rav Nevensol brings it down. It's the first Rav Nevensol. Rav Nevensol's pirish on Mishaburah Bi It's the first one. And it's brought in Halicha Shleima as well. That they bring down, that Rishlam Zalman heard it from Rav David Baron, who heard it from his Rebbe, who heard it from his Rebbe, going back to the Groh. That the story goes 
that the gra that there was a there was a uh, there was a ger tzedek. His name was Rav Avram Potovsky. He was Count Potovsky. That he was he was a, a count, and he converted. This is true that he converted to Judaism. And when the people, his family, found out, they burnt him at the stake. Now, and there was a famous Maisa because the Shla, Shla, I think the Shla went undercover because the Gra told him what bracha to make before he died. And the Shla dressed up as a guy so he could answer Amen to that bracha. And he's buried right next to the Gra. Today, he's buried right next to the Gra. His name is Count Potosky. The Gra supposedly said, this goes down to, passed down to Rav David Baron, to Rav Zalman, Rav Nevinsel brings it down, that when he died, the Ruach Ra that rests on the hands was removed. The Kiddush Hashem that he made removed the Ruach Ra. Says Rishlam Zalman, while we believe this tradition, it only we're only going to accept this tradition regarding stringency of the Zayar, regarding walking Dalit Amis, but not regarding the stringency brought down in Shas, in the Gemara, regarding touching your mouth. So you still not touch your mouth, but walking Dalit Amis, Rishlam Zalman held is more to Makim to Michael. So regarding the Ruach Ra in the morning, there is a reason why some are mekel not to have negel vaser by their bed is because when he passed away he was mekadoshim shemayim and the maral talks about this. The maral talks about how ruach ra's are removed by kiddush hashem. So there is such a precedent for it. So that would explain the ruach ra in the morning. I will stop here. One last postscript. <laughs> yeah, it, it is negaya though because if you do like when you when you travel. A lot of times when you're hiking, whatever, and there are porta bodies, and you go to use it, they, you know, they don't have water there. You, your hands are tummy. There is a ruach ra according to everyone that is resting on your hands when you enter a porta body. That's lekuliyama lechaladeis, and you have to remove it by washing the three, you know, washing three times on either side to remove the ruach ra. So you should just be in mind of that because a lot of times you just use purel, and they'll say, oh, it's not about you could still ashiyatze. True, but you should get water to wash your hands to remove the rachra because that's something a lot of people don't think about. That'll be the end of it.